South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our race book is completely separate from the sports book and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. South Point Casino's race book has you covered. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is committed to helping our nation's heroes and their families in their darkest hours. When a first responder or veteran doesn't return home and leaves behind a young family, Tunnel to Towers supports them. The foundation pays off their mortgages and lifts their financial burdens through their Gold Star Family Home Program and Fallen First Responder Home Program. Through their Smart Home Program, catastrophically injured veterans and first responders regain their independence with a mortgage-free home, specially adapted adapted to meet their unique physical needs. Tunnel to Towers also provides housing assistance and services to our nation's homeless veterans through their Homeless Veteran Program. They are helping more than 2,000 in 2023 because no veteran should be living on the streets of the country they signed up to protect. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices made by our nation's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. The following is a Race Day Las Vegas presentation in association with Sirocco Productions Limited on the Race Day Las Vegas Radio Network. From the gaming capital of the world, time for Race Day Las Vegas, covering the sport of kings with a Las Vegas perspective. Now, to the race desk with your host, Ralph Sirocco. From the backstretch to the turf club, at the race books and on the internet, to all horse players around the world, a good morning. All righty. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program for this almost Friday, Thursday. We come to you live and direct from this gaming capital, Las Vegas, Nevada, the gaming capital of the world, from the South Point Studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino Complex here on the Las Vegas Boulevard Strip. We welcome you to the show, and of course, all of you who are watching us at the uh, South Point uh, position on uh, YouTube. If you would, don't forget to subscribe. And for those of you listening on the radio here, as we uh, also have our anchor uh, radio station here in Las Vegas, Sports Talk 1400 AM, 107.1 FM, try out the uh, YouTube and uh, take a look at us and, uh, and uh, join us on YouTube once in a while as well. And, of course, we uh, want to welcome all of uh, the listeners streaming on our websites, racedaylasvegas.com.vegas.world.global. Or your iPhone, your Android, with the KSHP app that you can put on your device so you can hear us now, if you're listening on your device. And if you're one of the people here in America that wasn't affected by the um, 
I guess there was a blackout or something going on with uh, AT&T and some of the other carriers uh, earlier uh, today, but we will hope that uh, you're not one of them. You can listen to us on your device. And, of course, anywhere you get your uh, podcasting, we're there as well. So, however, wherever, whenever you get us, welcome to the Race Day Show for this Thursday on a beautiful day here in Las Vegas. 44 degrees outside, but the sun is shining bright here in Las Vegas today. We're going to get up to 65, and believe it or not, by Sunday, they say the temperature will hit 72 degrees here in Las Vegas. So uh, all that front that came through earlier is now moving on. It is right now <clears throat> causing uh, rain and, and uh, snow, possibly in areas, etc., through the Midwest. And it's going to make its way to the East Coast. But I think this front is moving fast enough to get through the East Coast so we can get out of there by uh, the weekend. We'll wait and see. And, of course... We're taking a hard look at uh, the weather as it is over Hot Springs, Arkansas, for the big racing day at Oaklawn Park. That includes the Rebel Stakes with the uh, Kentucky Derby points on it and the Honeybee Stakes, which has Kentucky Oaks points attached to it as well. And, of course, a half a world away in Saudi Arabia, we've got the Saudi Cup coming up on Saturday. Jonathan Hardoon will not only take a look at the Saudi Cup with us today, but also the Saudi Derby as well there, they're having big races. As a matter of fact, taking a look at the uh, sheet here, on tomorrow uh, they'll have the uh, Saudi International Jockey Challenge. Now um, we have some uh, American jockeys in that as well, including Katie Davis, which will be the first woman uh, jockey ever to compete there in that uh, competition, uh, in the jockey competition at uh, Saudi, at the uh, Riyadh uh, race course, Saudi Arabia, the King Ad- Abdullah Aziz race course, I should say, in uh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. So tomorrow, they're going to have uh, four uh, divisions of that the jockey challenge, four jockey challenge races. And, of course, the, the, the jockeys that uh, compile the best uh, finishing points will uh, be the winners. And, of course, uh, then on Saturday in the Saudi Cup, a big day of racing there. Here's the purse values of these races. You ready? The uh, uh, Minister of Culture Jockey Club Local Handicap, $1.5 million. The uh, Obeya Arabian Classic, $2 million. The Saudi International Handicap, a half, a half a million dollars. They just threw in that 500000 to get a race in there, I guess. Then you got the uh, Boutique Group Saudi, Ara- uh, Saudi Derby, the Saudi Derby, which uh, we're going to go over with uh, Jonathan Hardoon, $1.5 million. You've got the Riyadh Dirt Sprint, $1.5 million. You got the uh, turf sprint, the Saudi turf sprint, at $2 million. And then the uh, Red Sea turf handicap, $2.5 million. And the last race on the day, the Saudi Cup, worth $20 million. That happens on Saturday. And I said the, uh, the Jockey Challenge will happen tomorrow in Saudi Arabia. Uh, and each of those races are worth uh, $400,000 in purse money. So they're throwing around a lot of bucks there in Saudi Arabia uh, for uh, the next two days, Friday and Saturday. Now, as far as the Saudi Cup day of racing on Saturday, there will be commingled wagering going on in the United States. And our race book here at the South Point, the South Point race book, will have an offer betting on the Saudi Cup races going to start early in the morning the saudi cup goes the actual saudi cup which is the last race on their card will go here pacific time locally at around 9 40 a.m 
about 9.40 in the morning on Saturday morning. <clears throat> and don't forget that uh, Fox Broadcasting is always, uh, also going to be uh, televising some of these events in the Saudi Cup as well. So that'll be on Fox. Check your local listings there. But the uh, race book will be open here early Saturday morning for a wagering on the Saudi Cup and the Saudi Cup Day of Racing. just want to make uh, that mention of that, that's for sure. A couple of notes out of the Saudi Cup for the Saudi Cup uh, top horses. White Abario, you remember, he was the Breeders' Cup Classic winner, is going to breeze, actually have a workout breeze the morning of the race. He will have his final workout, his final breeze, on the morning of the workout, Saturday morning. Very unusual. It's old-time training. That's, that's what the old-timers used to do. And I'm sure Jonathan Ardoon will, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, comment on that. And Derma Sodagati, Derma Sodagati, the Japanese horse, in transit from Japan to Saudi Arabia. And they don't know whether it happened on the plane or anywhere before or after. But on his transit to Saudi Arabia, he got an eye injury. Now, they, they uh, you know, attended to the eye injury, and uh, the connections say that he's doing fine now after that eye injury, and they, he will run in the uh, Saudi Cup. So I wanted to mention that as well. We want to congratulate trainer Kenny McPeak. He got his 2,000th career win yesterday at Turfway Park. It came with a horse, I guess appropriately named Winnable. Winnable Wins pays $30.28 for the $2 win, he won the fifth race at Turfway Park uh, yesterday and gave Kenny McPeak the plateau of 2,000 career wins. Congratulations to Kenny McPeak, the trainer there. Colorado is going to offer fixed odds on racing signals imported to that state. Now, remember, New Jersey has already started it in New Jersey, but this uh, Colorado will be the second state that will offer fixed odds wagering on imported races that they simulcast to Colorado. Now, you know, we've been talking about how you bet on a horse at 92 going into the gate. He wins the race and pays $7, $6, $4. And there are a lot of players that are getting upset. And of course, the fixed odds wagering in this case would be just like the fixed odds wagering that you had if you bet future books or uh, any of the sports betting here in Las Vegas. When you walk up to place the bet on whatever you want to place the bet on here in sports and or in the uh, Kentucky Derby future book bets that are booked here in Las Vegas. You will get the odds fixed and fixed in on the time of the wager. Not the case when it comes to paramutual wagering, as you know. But they're going to try that fixed odds uh, principle at uh, in Colorado with the uh, simulcasting going on there. So that's good news as well. And just a quick thought about what's going on at Oak Lawn Park coming up. Uh, of course, uh, we'll feature the races on Saturday, the big races on Saturday. But Oak Lawn Park, you talk about how successful their meeting is going. Now, they race an off-track free, no matter what. If the track is uh, available to race on or work on, they do it there. There is no turf racing, obviously, at Oak Lawn. But in addition to that, even if there's no turf racing there, They've had, they had a meet-high claims on Monday, President's Day. A meet-high claims. There were 18 claims on President's Day that totaled $489,000 worth of claims. And through the first 27 days of the meet there, there have been 218 claims at Oaklawn Park 
for uh, over $4,895,500. So there's a lot of action going on at Oaklawn Park, the old-fashioned way, on the main track, running both on a fast track and sloppy track there. So good for those guys there. All right, on today's show, we got Jonathan Ardoon, who gave us two winners out of two picks yesterday. They were both bet down. They both paid, I think, $4.60. Let's see. Uh, Jonathan's winner. Thank you, uh, Sean. Jonathan's winner in the seventh race on the dot was just that. He paid four sixty to win, bet down from the morning line odds of 6-1. to one, And uh, that was at Gulfstream Park yesterday. Believe it or not, uh, Jose Ortiz rode that horse, so he got bet down there because probably Jose, mostly because of Jonathan. And at uh, Tampa Bay, Jonathan came in the eighth race with Silver Style. That horse won and paid four sixty as well. Bet down from the morning line odds of 3-1. to one. Now, that was Jose Batista's second win of the day. And we, just, we got a nice communication from one of our listeners out there that said uh, they have labeled Jonathan now in Hardoon We Trust. So there you are. We just call it the Hardoon Factor here on the show. Congratulations to Jonathan. All right, he will be back with us. Riching's going to help us uh, continue with our uh, getting up to date for the, uh, the college hoops and, of course, uh, March Madness coming up. And we will have... Uh, John Lendo's selection. Now, John is flying here to Las Vegas for the weekend. He's in transit right now. He won't be with us on the show, but he left a uh, pick for you. And he does, has his, he does have a Gulfstream Park Lendo report available today in the uh, race book here in the South Point. And, of course, Jerry Jackowitz will be back. Remember, he teased yesterday about a story he wanted to tell us when we were running out of time with his betting strategy. So he'll come back with that story, hopefully, today, if he remembers. And, of course, we got your racing menu as well. So we got a lot to do on this show. So without any further ado, we'll go to our first break. When we come back, we'll give you your racing menu of racetracks available today. No cancellations today. Looks pretty good across the country. We'll wait and see. But uh, we'll have your racing menu and then get started with our handicappers. So don't go away. We'll be right back on this almost Friday, Thursday, Race Day Las Vegas show. Don't go away. South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our race book is completely separate from the sports book and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Okay, back on the Race Day Las Vegas radio program. We were talking uh, about uh, the Kentucky Derby early nominations the other day. Uh, we are now talking about the Kentucky er- Oaks, the Kentucky Oaks early nominations. Uh, 104 nominees there, headed up by Jeff, uh, just FYI. Of course, she was the uh, Breeders' Cup winner there as a two-year-old, just FYI. 104 fillies, nearly the identical number from last year. In the 150th running of that uh, $1 million race that happens on Friday, May 3rd, that's the day before the Kentucky Derby, 104 early nominees for the uh, 
the Kentucky Oaks, led by the uh, Eclipse Award-winning champion, Just FYI. All right, time to get started with our racing menu of racetracks available today in the Racebook Simulcast Centers and racetracks around the country. Reminding you, as we always do, the first post-time free broadcast on this show each and every day. Reflect that at the Pacific Time Zone. We are in the Pacific Time Zone. These will be the first post-times that roll out in our racebooks today, especially right here at the South Point Racebook, right there. And, uh, of course, if you're listening on any of the multitude of other platforms that we have, most of them that we mentioned at the top of the show that we welcome to our show every day, well, you're going to be in another time zone somewhere. So adjust to the Pacific time zone from whatever one you're in so you don't miss an opportunity of making some money out there. Okay? We don't want you to miss anything like I miss mom and dad. Okay, here we go. Here's the menu for today. We begin with uh, Gulfstream Park. Gulfstream Park's first post time is set at 9.10. They have nine races today at Gulfstream Park. And they have a big, nice, juicy pick six rainbow jackpot carryover of $319,303. Gulfstream Park, first post time is at 9.10 with that big rainbow jackpot carryover. Then we go to Mahoning Valley Racecourse. They've got a pick six jackpot carryover $15,874. They've got eight races. Their first post time is at 9.45. Then we go to Fairgrounds, New Orleans. Fairgrounds has a first post time of 10.45 for their 10 race card at the Fairgrounds. And uh, they have a, a carryover in their pick six. It's a regular pick six, too. Not a jackpot, but a regular pick six. $2,438 in the carryover at the Fairgrounds. 10 races, first post time, 10.45. Sunland Park. First post time for nine races at Sunland is set at 11.25. 11.25 there. And uh, Sunland Parks, uh, again, first post time is at 11.25 for nine races. Turf Paradise in Phoenix, Arizona will kick in with eight races. Their first two will be quarter horse races. And then the last six will be uh, thoroughbreds. That's an eight race card today at Turf Paradise. They have a regular pick five carryover at Turf Paradise. This is not a jackpot, a regular pick five carryover of $22,580 at Turf Paradise today. That's their pick five carryover there. And a first post time of 11.55 Turf Paradise. Turfway Park. Nine races at Turfway Park. Pick six jackpot carryover, $55,789. That's their carryover in their their jackpot, their pick six jackpot. Nine races, first post time, $255. Then we go to Penn National. They've got seven races at Penn National today. A small super high five jackpot carryover of just $291. First post time at Penn National is at 3 p.m. And we go back down to Bayou Country where Delta Downs will kick in with nine races. Their first post time is 3.15. Following that, Charlestown has eight races. And uh, Charlestown, I believe uh, they hit the uh, hit that uh, pick six carryover jackpot. So it's gone. Charlestown, eight races. First post time is at 4 p.m. today, and that's your menu of racetracks today across the country. All right, time to get started uh, with Jonathan Hardoon. Jonathan, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. How are you? I'm doing fine, man. Mister in uh, Hardoon, we trust. Nice uh, couple of winners there, but they got, they got bet down. It's the Hardoon factor, man. I'm telling you. Six to one to six to five, that's a little hard to take. Three to one to six to five, I get it. Six to one to six to five? I, will I don't s- know. I guess it was a bad morning line. I will say this, that uh, they both won like six to five shots should. We didn't have to sweat out 
inquiries, photo finishes, nothing like that. It would do. It would just clean cut winners, weigh out and get your money. Well, that's the way you want to do it, Ralph. Whether it's five to one, fifteen to one, or six to five, you'd like to win as easy as possible. You know, as long as you get there first, you get paid. It doesn't matter how you get there. All right. Well, you know, we'll be talking about uh, the big races, uh, the Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks uh, point-getting races at uh, Oaklawn Park, of course, between uh, tomorrow and Saturday when you make the picks. But we don't want to overshadow all that money that's being given away down in uh, Saudi Arabia for the big Saudi Cup uh, racing meet. Uh, they got two big days, tomorrow and, of course, Saturday. Saturday, we'll be able to play the Saudi Cup here in Las Vegas. I would imagine it's through a, an American commingled paramutual pool. But there's a lot of money being given away down there. As I said, I gave uh, the latest on two of the horses running in the uh, Saudi Cup, two horses that are going to be well-backed, and the Japanese horse, Derma Sotagata, or Sotagati, I should say, and White Aberio, of course, that we all know winning the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, but uh, I've been seeing a lot of uh, video and pictures and all that from the uh, track down there in Saudi Arabia. It looks, uh, it looks awful nice. Yeah, well, it's a beautiful place. I mean, they have nothing but money there, so <laughs> they're giving away nothing but money. I mean, the purses are really huge, and if you have an opportunity to go there, I guess you should go there. You know, I don't know. It's uh, it's halfway around the world, and in this day and age, I don't know how much you want to travel, but if you get the opportunity, it's uh, really once in a lifetime, so why not take advantage of it? And you're right. Uh, the, some strange things going on. Listen, uh, Dutro, he's an old-school trainer. His father was a trainer for many years in Maryland. His brothers are trainers. You know, and if he's going to pull that horse out, why to borrow the morning of the race, I'm sure that's something that he's learned and he's done for a while. He's had major success, Ralph. He's got things that go on off the field that resulted in a 10-year suspension. But uh, as far as a horseman's concerned, you're not going to find many that are better. You know, I, I, now, but he is like a uh, flashback to the the way the trainers old used school. to train in the old school. I mean, they did. They they used to, I, I remember horses blowing out the, with three furlong workouts, like three furlong works in the morning. Yeah, Woody Stevens used to do it all the time. Alan Jerkins did it all the time. Even this day and age, McGahee does it a lot of times. I don't know if it's a half a mile, but he goes three furlongs plenty of times the morning of the race where his horses run. See those. So he's using. His Go ahead. Those trainers believed that it took the edge off of horses. In other words, that you know sometimes you see horses come; they're so wound up from their training on uh, for that target day when they go. By the time they get to the paddock, sometimes. They uh, expend useful energy in uh, all the uh, pent-up energy that they have waiting for the race on race day when they get to the receiving barn, when they get to the paddock, then they get out on the racetrack, they settle down a little there. So uh, these trainers used to say uh, that they take the edge off of the horse by doing that in the morning. Whatever it is, if it works, listen, you, I, I don't know if you follow harness racing, but there are days during the, like the Hambletonian, they'll have three or four races in a day, these horses. You know, they qualify, then they come back, and then they come back. They'll run two or three times the same day. So it is something that that's done. Obviously, it's not done often, but uh, it is done. And, and again, in harness racing, they have two and three heats a day sure. that qualify you. For the, for the final race of the day. So there they're technically running two or three times all in the same day. So yeah, I, obviously if you win 
three races in a day, you could certainly blow a horse out the morning of the race. Well, there's a little bit of difference between uh, the the standard breads and the uh, thoroughbreds, yeah. obviously. But I will say that in harness racing, not only do they run, uh, I guess, three heats sometimes for the big the biggest trot race of of uh, the harness racing industry, which is the Hamiltonian. Uh, when I was uh, you know working back east. Uh, we, it was a long day at the Meadowlands for the Hamiltonian Day. It was great uh, racing there. And uh, to be perfectly honest with you, in harness racing, every night, every day, for every race, these horses go out and they take one or two miles uh, two or three times on the track in a warm-ups before they actually get to the race on that day. And it doesn't matter what uh, quality horse. That's just the normal operating procedure for them. But like I said, for horse, right. horse racing nowadays, these trainers are treating these horses with uh, over-kit gloves, I think, sometimes. And if they miss a week in harness racing, that's the worst thing you could do. They run every week, and if they miss a week, you don't want to play them unless they ran the week before sure. because uh, they need work, and uh, obviously they get their best performances out of the horses when they run off. And listen, even Dutra, Dutra ran a horse on Sunday. He's back entered to run tomorrow, so he does that. He brings horses back off of quick turnarounds. You remember Barry Abrams on the West Coast. He used to do it all the time. So there are trainers that do that, and uh, a lot of trainers have a lot of success doing it. If I am not mistaken... And I'm you're really getting into my uh, brain cells that burn off more often these days. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, did not Woody Stevens run Conquistador Cielo in uh, the uh, Met Mile and come back on that next Saturday and run him in the uh, Belmont Stakes? I think it was the Peter Pan. Maybe it was a Met Mile. It was a race where he ran real close and then brought him back. That's yeah, correct. Yeah. I remember. I mean, these were yeah. these were not blowouts. These were these were, these were great graded races, races, and he yeah. won them both. All right, so we we have enough to say about White Abario. He's okay, folks. He's going to have a nice little workout. He'll be fine. Let's do this. Uh, two races that I wanted to emphasize before we get to craziness on Saturday and kind of overlook them, and that is, of course, the Saudi Derby. And the Saudi Cup. So I'm going to take a look at the Saudi Derby. Now, uh, folks, if you go and research most of the websites, etc., for these uh, Saudi races, uh, they um, line up the horses kind of differently. They don't line them up by post position order. They line them up by saddle cloth number order. And the saddle cloth numbers are different than the post positions. For example, in the uh, Saudi Derby, the horse that will break from post one will wear saddle cloth number four. That's Oasis Boy, and it goes on from there. So it's kind of hard to uh, look at these horses in post-position order. Can I ask you a question? Why do they do that? They only make it more confusing and make everybody crazy. Can't you just keep the same number? Why a Barrio is number 14, but he's breaking from post one. Well, here's I'm going to give you, I'm I mean, going to give you my answer. This is my answer for most of the time when I, when I do my emojis sending back some things I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> really that simple. <laughs> all right, what do you got you for this? Ralph, you can't know it all. <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, and I'm certainly not going to try to translate anything from uh, Saudi to what makes sense in America. Anyhow, uh, Saudi uh, Saudi Derby, uh, that'll be run, uh, I would have to say, on the undercard maybe at uh, on Saturday uh, at, uh, at the racetrack, uh, the King Abdul Aziz race course there in Riyadh. Um, and so I'm just going to ask you, you know, uh, how did you look at the uh, Saudi Derby? Well, I have eyes on the ground there. I have a good friend that's actually there working the uh, Saudi Cup, and he's 
been ranting and raving to me about how great Forever Young is training. I think he's the Japanese horse. So since I don't have much data on most of these horses, I, I respect his opinion, and I will go with Forever Young. Well, I'm not going to even try to pronounce the jockey or the trainer, but Forever Young, Japanese horse, uh, yes, is, uh, is uh, in there. He will break from post position nine, but uh, he'll uh, wear saddlecloth number six. Now, I would imagine, and this is important for the people uh, here that are going to be playing the races, when you go up to make the bets at the racetrack, you're going to use the number, the saddlecloth number. That will be the race number. Remember that. Forget about the post position number. The race number is yeah. what you go by. So if you want to bet forever young, you're going to ask for number six. Okay, that's the saddlecloth number. All right, so Forever Young is in there. Let me see if, uh, real quick, uh, what we got? Uh, you got Bookham Dano there. You have, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you have some other good horses, obviously, shipping across the world to run there. But yeah. Okay, well, we got the American jockeys. I read Ortiz Jr. is going to ride Bookham Dano, uh, a horse coming in from the U.S. Ben Tornado is also in there. Luis Saez riding that horse from the USA. Uh, so we got, uh, and those two. Jose uh, D'Angelo's horse. Isn't that Jose D'Angelo's horse, I think? Uh, book him down. Yes, it is. It's Jose D'Angelo. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Ben Tornado is Jose uh, D'Angelo's horse. Saez will ride there. And uh, Bookham Dano, of course, uh, trained by Derek Ryan. Uh, I read riding that horse there. And then we have a horse called uh, Payette. Uh, which is uh, was bred in the USA, and a few other. John Velasquez has a mount on Mashur, which is also a USA bred horse. And so, uh, I guess uh, most of these horses from the U.S. Not all of them are competing here, but all were bred here. That's for sure. So you like the Japanese horse, Forever Young. Correct. All right. Now let's get to a race that we're more familiar with the uh, participants, and of course that is the uh, Saudi Cup, and they really have uh, quite a field in the Saudi Cup. you got, uh, you know, pr Crown Pride in there, Defunded, uh, Derma Sodagade that we were talking about, Hoist the Gold is there. Uh, um, yeah, you got uh, National Treasure, obviously, uh, probably will be the favorite, certainly in the American pools, I would think, and White Barrio, Saudi Crown. Won't the White Barrio be the favorite? He won the Breeders' Cup Classic. I would think he would be the favorite. Well, right? you got uh, National Treasure. He just won the Pegasus. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> they'll be they'll be the favorite exacta box. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And uh, and of course, Senor Buscador. So, how do you see this race? Well, this race is loaded with speed. It looks like there's a ton of speed horses. I was going to go with Dermasota Gaki, but I just heard uh, some someone just mentioned that he had yeah. an eye injury and they fixed it. So I don't know. You know, obviously, if they're running him, I would assume he's okay. And uh, I thought the race set up well for him. You know, Wida Barrio ran super in the, in the British Cup Classic. National Treasure, I, I understand he won the, the uh, race the other day, the Pegasus. Uh, with Senor Buscador, but Senor Buscador looks like it's just a lot of racing in a short period of time where these other horses have all taken time off since whether it be the Breeders' Cup or whatever, and they pointed for this race. So that's what uh, turned me off about um, Senor Buscador. Again, I'm going to lean towards Dermis Sotogaki. Now, uh, uh, first of all, uh, I 
don't think they would, uh, the connections, forget about what the officials may allow and what yeah. won't allow in Saudi, because I have no idea what their parameters are. But There is no Heisa there, is there? <laughs> well, yeah, no, I don't think Heisa reaches out to Saudi Arabia. I'm not sure, but I'll, I'll go on the limb and say that. But in any case, uh, I don't think that the connections, the owners and the trainers, the people who uh, are taking care of these horses, uh, would allow the horse to run unless they thought the injury was uh, not going to affect his running style or affect the horse's health in any way. It, it would, they, and they still don't know where it happened between the transit from Japan to Saudi Arabia, and they administered, uh, you know, uh, what they needed to to uh, to uh, fix that. They probably got a, you know, got a black eye or whatever. Yeah. They patch him up and they put him back in the ring. Let's go. Right, uh, and <laughs> you, you, it'd be interesting to see if they put a full goggle type of cup on, uh, yeah. cup on him so that uh, the dirt wouldn't hit him. But no uh, dirt or anything gets in there. You would think that, but let's see. Yeah, we will wait and see about that. Let me see if I can get the. Uh, any equipment on here? They do show some equipment. Uh, okay, yeah. Trying to find him. a goggle on or something, maybe. You know. No. In basketball, when a player gets poked in the eye, he walks around with, uh, with yeah, goggles for the next. Nope, no, uh, nothing uh, on the uh, sheet so far. You know, and they they go as far as uh, 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 noting blinkers, tongue strap, visors, etc. On other horses, uh, I guess that were uh, that they're they're normal. Um, equipment and a hood on a horse called scotland yard but uh nothing so far on uh, derma so Sodagati, but i guess uh, they could make a, a change there if necessary all right well we took care well, of it's certainly a plus ralph if then you know obviously maybe it was just a superficial wound and uh he'll be fine all right well today we don't have uh, aqueduct don't kick in till tomorrow santa anita don't uh you know don't kick in until tomorrow and, of course, uh, Tampa Bay is off usually on Thursdays after running on Wednesday. So uh, we got the Hardoon factor uh, down to one racetrack, and that's Gulfstream Park. How's it looking today at Gulfstream? It looks okay, Ralph. We're actually going to give out a price play here in the fifth race, which is a mile on the turf. And this is turf-only selection. They are scheduled to go on the grass. And I like a big price horse here, Ralph. Number 10, Light Fury, a 7-year-old girl in the Roan Crichton Ball. Gonzalez tried. This horse is listed at ridiculous 15 to 1 on the morning line. He's going to get a great trip in here. There's a lot of early speed. Number 10, Light Fury, upsets and wins today's fifth race out at Gulfstream Park. Well, this horse is 15 to 1 on the morning line. I want to see the paramutual action on this horse today because if we get 15 to 1 down to some ridiculous price like 2 to 1, 5 to 2, 6 to 5 or something. We will have to put a five stars next to the Hardoon factor, that's for sure. But in this fifth race, which is, of course, uh, winding up uh, early pick fours and pick fives, in the fifth race today at Gulfstream, you like number 10, Light Fury, the 10 Light Fury at 15 to 1 with the Gonzalez aboard there. Get this one home a winner, pal, and uh, there'll be a ticker tape parade for you. Yeah, no question about that. Now, of course, uh, you're, you're taking it easy today because there's only one track that you're doing, but uh, you'll be in full force over the weekend, won't you? Yeah, we'll have all four tracks up, New York, Oakland, Florida, and California. Hopefully the weather stays okay in California. We get the weekend in. You never know. I think the weather is going to be fine in Southern California because that front has already gone through, but you know the jet stream goes from the west to the east, so now that uh, that particular system is making its way through the Midwest and, and parts, uh, and it's going to make its way into the Northeast. I just don't know 
how fast or when it will hit, that's for sure. But for today, everything, all systems are go, that's for sure. Fifth race, number 10, Light Fury. Oh, boy. Hey, thanks a lot, Jonathan. And, uh, again, tell everybody we can get, get your stuff. They can go to the website at J-O-N-H-A-R-D-O-O-N.com. And you, will, you. and you will be going over those races uh, at Oaklawn uh, between tomorrow and the picks, obviously, on Saturday as well for that, right? We always do. There you go, my man. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Ralph. Stay safe and be well. All right. You too, my man. And uh, we will continue with the Race Day Show on this almost Friday Thursday with uh, Rich Eng standing by. We'll see what's up with uh, Richie there. And uh, don't go away. We still have uh, Jerry Jackowitz's story that he teased from yesterday. Hopefully he'll be with us. And, and of course, uh, John Lindo's pick for you as well on the Lindo Report. That's available today here at the South Point right there for Gulfstream at the book. We'll be right back. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is committed to helping our nation's heroes and their families in their darkest hours. When a first responder or veteran doesn't return home and leaves behind a young family, Tunnel to Towers supports them. The foundation pays off their mortgages and lifts their financial burdens through their Gold Star Family Home Program and Fallen First Responder Home Program. Through their Smart Home Program, catastrophically injured veterans and first responders regain their independence with a mortgage-free home, specially adapted adapted to meet their unique physical needs. Tunnel to Towers also provides housing assistance and services to our nation's homeless veterans through their Homeless Veteran Program. They are helping more than 2,000 in 2023 because no veteran should be living on the streets of the country they signed up to protect. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices made by our nation's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our race book is completely separate from the sports book and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Back on the Race Day Las Vegas radio program for this Thursday. And now we go out to Rich Ang standing by. Richie, good morning. Hey, good morning, Ralphie. You know, I heard you and Jonathan talking about Conquistador Cielo. And uh, I was working in New York at that time, Ralph. And uh, Conquistador Cielo won the Met Mile on Monday. Remember the Met Mile? Yeah. It was on Monday, Memorial Day. And then five days later, he wheeled him right back in the Belmont Stakes and Won the Belmont Stakes by 14 lanes. So Are you kidding me? You, that, that means I didn't burn that one brain cell that's left in my mind. You had it. You had it, kiddo. <laughs> oh man, I, I thought it was. Met? I thought it was something like that. Conquistador Cielo. He was. A, he was a nice horse too. And he he went from a mile, a one turn mile at Belmont. Five days later, he went a mile and a half through the entire circumference of that mile and a half track and won both those races. That was amazing. Yeah, Woody Stevens was a phenomenal trainer. He was old school. He would do what you guys were talking about, blowing the horses out and or bringing them back. You know, when horses are sharp, trainers should run them, right? Yeah, 
you, you eat up your feed and and, and they're, they're feeling fine and dandy, no problems, run them back on the track. They are thoroughbreds, and this is what they love to do. PETA, are you listening? In any case, uh, we talked about Woody Stevens just for a moment. He still holds the record, does he not, for winning five consecutive Belmont Stakes. And remember, the Belmont Stakes is only for three-year-olds. So he had to win this race five years in a row with five different three-year-olds. Now that is something, because that race is labeled the test of the champion. Remember that? Yeah, that's probably a record that will never be broken, because it's hard enough to get five starters five years, to get the starter five years in a row, much less win. Yeah, that's uh, that's for sure. Uh, and uh, I got to tell you, uh, there is uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about, if I could find it, but uh, Vicki Oliver's uh, husband... Uh, passed away and i know that we worked with uh, vicky and her husband uh he passed away at 53 years old so our condolences go out to him her stable and and those uh, folks are just uh, they're uh, really uh fine trainers etc in the midwest area we used to work with them uh, through turfway and stuff kentucky yeah i knew phil oliver and vicky uh from uh, my previous uh life at the Monmouth Park and also at the Turfway Park. Good, good people. Very sad news. Uh, too young. Too young. And, and another uh, gentleman that we worked with for a long time in Kentucky, Kenny McPeak, got the 2,000 career wins. Believe that, huh? What a great uh, career. Well, hey, Ralph, I got a story for you on, on that. Uh, Kenny McPeak, he started his career when I was at Turfway. Yeah. And believe it or not, the first win of Kenny McPeak's career Bruce Casella and myself were at River Downs. Mm-hmm. He, Kenny called Bruce, said, I'm going to win this race. It was his first career win, and we got in the winner's circle at River Downs with him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I'll bet you that's hanging on a wall somewhere in your office. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, Kenny McPeak, he was, he, he was a character in those days, too, but he's a darn good trainer, and he's got uh, some horses that uh, may very well show up in the big race on the first Saturday in May, too, right, uh, Rich? Yeah, he's got uh, he's got some nice three year olds. I can't, uh, I don't have a list in front of me, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, he he's one of those guys. He doesn't need million dollar horses. Uh, he he finds horses in uh, more reasonable price ranges, and he really develops them. So, uh, outstanding trainer, and uh, hopefully, one of these Kentucky Derbies has his name on it. Yeah, no question about that. He uh, he is a bargain hunter for stuff like that, and he uh, does very well. I might add at, at that. That's for sure. All right, Rich, uh, before we get started, well, I guess uh, let's get started with uh, March Madness. We need to get up to snuff. Uh, big win last night uh, for one of the top-rated uh, teams that went down, huh? Well, uh, you know, I was going to focus on the, the Mountain West Conference. Uh, which game in particular were you No, no, that's okay. About? Go ahead. Uh, if, uh, concentrate on what you wanted to do, uh, and uh, we will talk about uh Anything. Yeah, because uh, last week you had asked about UNLV chances for making uh, the tournament. Yeah, and uh, quite frankly, they're they're on the bubble. Uh, Joe Lenardi, who does the bracketology that I follow very closely on ESPN, he has six Mountain West Conference teams making the tournament, wow. which is uh, highest number in quite a while. But uh, there's the uh, uh, grid of the uh, six teams, mm-hmm. and also the uh, Ann did a great job with the squeezing everything in. Those are the odds that are available at the South Point on these teams right now uh, for the tournament. So, you know, I've been a big fan of San Diego State. I had them last year uh, when they made the championship game. I had them at, at uh, about 60 or 70 to 1. 
But uh, and I bought them back at 150 to one uh, when they were still sneaky high. But there's unbelievable value in the Mountain West Conference. I'll, I'll say this because I I get to watch a lot of Mountain West Conference basketball here uh, in in this time zone. Uh-huh. Is it's a very very good conference. I think they're better than the Pac-12. And people around the country don't get to see Mountain West Conference teams. Those are sneaky good prices. They're going to be they're going to be tough outs in the tournament. And I, and I'll I'll talk about one prop real quick uh, without taking up too much time. Is no, the fact that I know Chris, I know Chris Andrews in, in the, uh, be, when the seeds are set usually has a, a nice prop with each of the conferences and the over under how many games they're going to win in the tournament. I tell you what, if you see the Mountain West Conference and Chris puts them like at three and a half or four and a half, you bet the over because uh, they're going to be tough outs in the tournament. Yes, and again, to uh, for the racing listeners that may not really understand that, what they do at the beginning of the uh, March Madness before the first round starts, they'll count up the teams in each of the conferences represented uh, in the uh, the brackets, and then they put odds on uh, the conference that will have the most wins at the end of the uh, tournament. And uh, like you say, that's always a popular bet uh, really around town. I know that. Yeah, and not only uh, who has the most wins, but, uh, you know, the wins within the conference, like the Big East might be seven and a half, the Big Ten might be seven and a half. But the Mountain West, if, if people don't give them respect, and uh, I see a number like three and a half or four and a half, I'm going over. Because, you know, think about last year when San Diego State made the championship game. They have to win four games to get to, to that far. That, they actually won five games. So uh, they could do it by themselves if they repeat uh, the performance from last year. Now, Rich, we're going to put up that graphic one more time. I want to put up that graphic one more time because I want to take a look at that and uh, if we can get that graphic up one more time. Uh, and I want, I do want to take a look at that uh, because if you take a look at the uh, the six teams that you put up there, and those are from Joe Lonardi, not from me. They're from Joe Lonardi's bracketology. Okay, let's say, let's say they come uh, uh, close to that. Uh, put yes. $2 on every one of them, you're going to make money. $20, you, you know, whatever increments you like. But if they, they hold anywhere near those prices, uh, you're going to make money no matter what happens. If if you say what you say is true with the, uh, the uh, conference being a lot stronger than people think they are. That's for sure. All right, Rich, uh, I know that you're doing a lot of work for us uh, on sports, obviously, uh, through the NFL season. Now we've got to get up to snuff for the uh, the college basketball season as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, there's race players out there, and uh, you do have a, a sheet uh, that covers uh, Santa Anita, Southern California racing, I should say. You, have, you handicap Southern California racing every Southern California racing day, but there's a lot of times, as they are, it is right now, where they're only running three days a week, but uh, you managed to root out a horse uh, for the race players today. Yeah, I, I I felt guilty. I didn't have a horse yesterday, and uh, Jonathan uh, was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, two for two winners. We love that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I did find a horse with some su- Southern California background. Uh-huh. Let's go to uh, Sunland Park, race number four. But there's an old Bob Baffert horse running at Sunland today, Ralph, wow. in the fourth race. It's the number two Mastering. And uh, believe it or not, the morning line is five to one. This horse is like the third choice in the wagering. Mm-hmm. If I can get five to one or nine to two, I'm all in. Uh, mastering, uh, running for an optional claim or fifteen thousand at Sunland Park. So let's go with the two mastering in race four at Sunland. All right, uh, mastering. Hope he masters uh, the field there and gets the win for us. Number two in the fourth race at Sunland. 
is Rich Yang's selection for the race day listeners today. Rich, you'll be back to work with the Santa Anita sheet tomorrow and, of course, back to work for us as well. Hey, thanks a lot, Richie, for giving us insight on uh, trying to get uh, educated uh, so we have some type of, uh, you know, uh, idea of what we might want to do in the uh, March Madness, which is uh, coming up, the selection uh, coming up uh, about a couple of weeks after the conference uh, tournaments are out of the way. Yeah, we've only got about two weeks left in the regular season, and then there's going to be another week, week and a half of the conference uh, tournaments. March 17th, again, circle March 17th, that is the uh, sh- the show for uh, the seeding and the bracketology for the NCAA. Right, the Selection Sunday. Hey, thanks a lot, Richie. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, thanks, Ralph. Good luck, everybody. All right, coming up, uh, Jerry Jackwich. You heard him tease it yesterday. He has a story for us as far as, uh, you know, a betting strategy. So he will be with us next to wrap up the race day show on this almost Friday, Thursday. Ought to be a goodie. We'll wait and see. Don't go away. South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our race book is completely separate from the sports book and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. The Race Day Las Vegas Show, the only exclusive daily local media racing information source in Las Vegas. All righty. Well, if you want to continue to get up the snuff and get ready for March Madness, these are the shows to do it right here on the South Point Studios Network on the YouTube uh, position there. Uh, of course, uh, we're on uh, Wednesdays through Sundays. Punchlines with Frank Nicotero. He's always got great guests and have great stories as well. His Punchline Stories is on Monday through Friday from noon to 1 o'clock. These are Pacific times. And Sports by the Book, oh boy, seven days a week. Monday through Friday from 3 to 4 p.m., Saturday and Sunday on the weekends following us at 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. These are, um, these are great shows to watch and get all get up and ready for sports wagering and sports uh, here on the show. they got great stories as well right here on the South Point Network. All right, let's go to Jerry Jack with Standing By. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. All right. Now, people, you know, they've been waiting uh, right at the edge of their seats now. You teased a great story you were going to tell us at the end of the show last time. So it's all yours. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's going to uh, forget Buddy Hackett after you hear this story, but or whoever your favorite comic is, Howie Mandel. But, uh, uh, go ahead. But um, so, you know, we're always talking about really what makes a good player as opposed to just who's a good handicapper and who's a good better. Uh, and uh, when I first started out, I was very lucky. Um, one of my closest friends was just a fantastic handicapper. In fact, I'd say he's the best handicapper um, I've ever, I've ever met. Um, and he never rose to the level of Richie Schwartz or any of the Kerry Fodius or any of the really good handicappers that I, ended up really kind of finishing my education with. But he was certainly the equal or superior to any of them, uh, myself included. He's a fantastic handicapper. Anyway, uh, we were at Aqueduct one Saturday afternoon, 
could have been any Saturday afternoon. We were surely at Aqueduct. This had been around 1980 or 1981. And uh, we had gone through the race and we were had handicapped. And Robert kind of came up with this horse, this three horse. And um, I, I remember, yeah, he was right, I thought. And uh, it was a good piece of handicapping. And uh, we talked about three or four other horses in the play. And um, I don't remember what the numbers were, but whatever they were. Um, and then I went to go, I, you know, I sort of had the play. And I said, okay, I'm going to go bet. I always would go bet beforehand. And I went up to the window. And um, on, on the way to the, you know, while I'm standing online, remember at the time you'd stand online and you'd have to wait a little while. And uh, something struck me that this four horse at uh, 20 to 1 should be used in the play. And it's a horse that Robert and I hadn't talked about. And this wasn't that unusual for me to add a horse in or something. But I, I guess we didn't win that often. But anyway, so I bet the three over, we'll just say the one, two, three, and the four horse. We, we, actually, the three over, the one, two, four, and five horse. So I added in the four horse. Um, it was an inside track at Aqueduct, I remember. And uh, I think the reason I added the four horse in is I thought it would be like a very slow horse on the rail, but maybe he could kind of suck up for a second at 20 to 1. And sure enough, that's what happened. And at the, the very last stages of the race, I start rooting for the four horse. And uh, I get this like, really bad look from Robert, like I had, uh, you know, stolen his child or something. And he, sure enough, the four horse gets up, and I got a really nice exact. It was the three one off by, I don't know, five or ten lights anyway. And he goes, you didn't discuss the four horse with me. How come you bet the four horse? I said, I don't know. He was 20 to one, Robert, and he was going to maybe sit on the rail. I, I thought he had a chance. And, and he was like so mad at me. And, you know, at the time I was really like twisted. I didn't know what to do because, you know, here was my buddy and, you know, we played together and um, here I was cashing and he wasn't. And, um, and you know, well, we figured out what to do and, and certainly didn't hurt the friendship. But there it was. My friend Robert never... Never, although he bet horses until about 2005, never really got got there as far as I'm concerned as a player better. Um, and um, I did. And I did largely because I knew and I learned, or maybe it was instinctive, I don't know, yeah. that there's... There's value. Find these value horses. Find a way to to use them so they can do you some good. Yeah, that's well, the story. I will tell you this: it might not be such a funny story, certainly from his angle, but it is a story that people right. uh, that you uh, emphasized with on looking for value and how to play that value with handicap. Handicapping is only half the equation, I think. That's for sure. All right, uh, Jerry, we will uh, get back to you and your power pages and your selections when we uh, get together tomorrow on the show. And, of course, uh, tomorrow okay. we'll uh, look ahead. Maybe you could take a look at the Saudi Cup for us real quick. But in the meantime, we have one more thing to say, and you're going to say it. Have a great race day, everybody. It's Ralph Serato at Race Day Las Vegas, morning on 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas. Online at KSHP.com.